0: Good morning. Good morning. Hey, I like that a lot better. My name is Gary Henderson, and I'm one of the pastors here at Providence Church. I am so blessed to greet you in the strong name of Jesus. And we are so blessed to be able to share this time of worship together in person and online. You know, the Bible says, that when two or three are gathered in his name, he is present with us. I hope that right now you can sense his divine presence. I sense his presence, and I sense even in this moment the divine invitation to pray. I invite you to pray with me the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray when they approached him one day and said, Lord, teach us to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. I think I have good news today. I've decided not to keep you waiting. I will offer the conclusion right up front to give it time to marinate and stir around in your soul. If what Jesus said is true, then the truth about prayer is this. Here's the conclusion. We thrive and survive as followers of Jesus Christ when we pray. Prayer is the food and water of the soul. Prayer helps us to navigate life. By that I mean prayer is the instrument or tool that allows us to go through. Anybody here ever had to go through? Do you know what I mean when I say you're going through? Maybe times are a little bit tough, but prayer allows us and gives us the power to go through when life comes at us. It is our weapon of defense. It is prayer. Prayer helps us to realize That no weapon formed against us will prosper. Through prayer, we practice an awareness of the presence of God. Prayer helps us to know that we are not alone, that we are never alone. It is impossible to grow as a follower of Jesus without prayer. We thrive and survive as followers of Jesus when we pray. He is our example. As Jesus began his ministry, he went into the desert and prayed. In the Gospel of Luke, we see that Jesus prayed all night long before calling 12 disciples to follow him. Jesus prayed for Simon Peter that his faith would not fail him. As a matter of habit, Jesus would regularly steal away from the crowd and steal away from his disciples to a quiet place, and Jesus would pray. After weeping at the grave of Lazarus, Jesus prayed and then called Lazarus from death to life. Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane as he agonized regarding the path that was before him. He prayed, May this cup be taken from me. He prayed while dying on a cross, Father, forgive them. They do not know what they're doing. He prayed on the cross, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He prayed on a cross, Father, into thy hands I commit my spirit. My point is this Jesus did not pray in a cold and distant manner. He prayed with heartfelt feeling, demonstrating empathy and a genuine love for God. Jesus knew that to thrive and survive, he needed to pray. There's that conclusion again. Let it stir around in you today. We see this so clearly in John 17. Since the 16th century, the chapter has been called the high priestly prayer. He speaks as an intercessor. Jesus speaks as an intercessor, one who prays for another with words addressed directly to his father and not to the disciples who supposedly are overhearing him. It's a long prayer. It's a long chapter. It's 26 verses. I won't read all of them today. Somebody say amen. Amen. But I trust that you will read them later because they are important for our hearing and our learning and our listening. It is by far the longest prayer of Jesus in the Gospels and for good reason. The prayer is positioned before his betrayal and crucifixion and right after the heart, right after the breakthrough in the closing verse of chapter 16 where it seems that the disciples figure out maybe for the first time who Jesus really is. They seem to have a breakthrough moment of understanding and under see, him, see him as Lord, Savior, and Messiah. It's in those latter verses of chapter 16 where you find the words Jesus speaking in the world. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. The cross was before him. Jesus knew that it was praying time. I suspect that sometimes you know that it is praying time. Notice that Jesus prays for himself. After Jesus said this, he looked toward heaven and prayed, Father, I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. By the use of the word glorify, Jesus is asking that the weight of God's presence be made known. He is praying that because of his actions, people would recognize God for who God really is and respond in faith. But notice how he redeems the moment because the path to the cross is a low moment. Jesus is getting ready to suffer and die. As I've been stirring around in the text, I see clearly Jesus at a very low moment but low moments become glory moments they can, if we allow them, become opportunities for God's light to shine through us in amazing ways when we are going through sometimes rather than stay in the low place and the dark place and the despondent place. If we would allow the light of Christ to shine in and through us, the low moment becomes a glory moment that somehow people would see God present. We would see God present in that moment if we offer our low moments to God in faith. In these final days, Jesus knew that he too needed prayer in order to thrive and survive. His mission would be accomplished only through prayer. Jesus is practicing the awareness of the presence of God. Notice, Jesus also prays for his disciples. I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me and they have obeyed your word. Now you know that everything you have given me comes from you. For I gave them the words you gave me and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you and they believe that you sent me. I pray for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those you have given me for they are yours. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. You see, Jesus knew that his disciples needed to be covered by his prayers. He prayed directly to the Father on their behalf. He prayed that they be protected from the evil one as one as an intercessor, as one who was praying for another. Jesus knew that the disciples needed his prayers to thrive and survive. I'm reminded of words found in James, the fifth chapter, in the 16th verse. Those words simply invite us to pray for one another. They encourage us to pray for one another. Those verses tell us to pray for one another. Notice that Jesus also prays for all believers. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just just as you in me and I am in you. May they also be in us, Father, so that the world may believe that you have sent me, I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I and them and you and me, so that they may be brought to complete unity, then the world will know that you sent me and have loved me even as even as you have loved me. Jesus prayed for all believers, including us. He prayed for our unity. He prayed that we might be one. Jesus is still praying. Jesus knew that future generations would need his prayers in order to thrive and survive. We discover a beautiful, beautiful, trifold trinity of prayer in John 17. Jesus prays for himself. Jesus prays for his disciples. Jesus prays for all believers. His life of prayer is our example. I'm reminded of other words found in the Bible in Philippians, the fourth chapter and the sixth verse. Do not be anxious about anything. Let's sit there for a minute. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition. With thanksgiving, present your request to God. As I have been sitting in John 17, the place where I invite you to sit in all 26 verses, I've been allowing the verses to marinate in me and allowing Bible to speak to me. I've realized in a fresh way that things happen when we pray. I paid attention to the example of Jesus. Praying allows us to practice the presence of God. When we pause even for a moment to pray, we recognize that something is happening more than us, that we are not the center of the universe. We pause and acknowledge that there is a God and we are under the authority of God. Praying strengthens us when we are weak. I suspect that there's some familiarity with weakness. And in those weak places, I pray that we have discovered that the praying, that the act of praying strengthens us in our weakness. Praying also energizes our hearts and releases blessing. Let me translate that one a little bit. Sometimes I just want to say things I ought not say. And if I pause to pray for a minute, I'm released from the thing that I ought not say. And I'm able to say and offer a word or be in a place of blessing. Praying allows us to focus on a person Place or circumstance. Some of you are holding on to people that you pray for right now. You're thinking about people that you pray for right now. Praying allows us to think about a person. But it also allows us to think about a place. And one of the places I've been thinking a lot about this week in particular is Providence Church the people who gather on this hill, that somehow God would be glorified in everything and all that we do. But praying also allows us to think about circumstances. I'll just lift one prayer circumstance that perhaps there might be even agreement. Praying around the partisan divide in our nation. That somehow God would rescue us from ourselves and that God would be glorified. Praying also saves us from being the center of attention. If we're honest, sometimes our prayers go like me, myself, and I. As though God didn't know about me, myself, and I. Praying can rescue us from that place. Praying allows us to place ourselves and others before God, before the God who hears our prayers. In prayer, in praying, in the praying place, we discover how to thrive and survive as followers of Jesus. We learn through the practice of prayer where there is no prayer, there is no power. Where there is little prayer, there is little power. Where there is much prayer, there is much power. The 17th chapter of John is our teacher as we pay attention to the example of Jesus. Jesus prayed and so we too must pray. Pray. If what Jesus said is true, then the truth about prayer, the third time you remember it now, we thrive and survive as followers of Jesus when we pray. Apostle Paul reminds us in the eighth chapter of his letter to the church in Rome that the resurrected Jesus is at the right hand of God and is interceding for us, meaning praying for us. Paul goes on to say that nothing can separate us from the love of God. Said another way, Jesus our high priest is still praying. I am so grateful that Jesus is our intercessor, that Jesus is still praying for us and in our behalf. I come close. To a close, as I remember lyrics from a song that are familiar to me, but may be unfamiliar to you, but they paint a picture and tell a story around the importance of intercession, the importance of praying with and for each other. The words are simple, somebody prayed for me, had me on their mind, took the time to pray for me. I'm so glad they prayed. I'm so glad they prayed. I'm so glad they prayed for me. The song has 99 verses. Let me illustrate a couple of them. I I, I believe I can intone some of them now. Somebody prayed for me, had me on their mind. Took the time to pray for me I'm so glad they prayed I'm so glad they prayed I'm so glad they prayed for me My mother prayed for me Had me on her mind Took the time to pray for me I'm so glad she prayed I'm so glad she prayed, I'm so glad she prayed for me, my father prayed for me, had me on his mind, took the time to pray for me, I'm so glad he prayed. I'm so glad he prayed. I'm so glad he prayed for me. That's just three of the 99. The preacher prayed for me. The teacher prayed for me. My cousin prayed for me. You get to do that 99 verses. (laughs) But the verses tell a story around the importance of intercession in our lives. When I look back, when I think about the journey, my own journey, and as you look back or look forward and think about your own journey, perhaps you can remember the places in your life when you know somebody was praying for you because you needed the prayers, and they knew you needed the prayers, and they prayed for you, and you were sustained by the prayers. I remember too many places, I won't tell the details, where I knew I needed somebody to be praying for me, but thank God my mother, my father, my sister, my cousin, the preacher, the friend, my neighbor was praying and making intercession in my behalf. And then I remember the Bible where it says that Jesus is at the right hand of the Father making intercession on our behalf right now. I want you to know, my brothers and sisters, that low moments can become glory moments because there are people who are interceding all around us, and it gives us the power, the power, the power to go through. somebody prayed for me had me on their mind took the time to pray for me I'm so glad they prayed I'm so glad they prayed I'm so glad they prayed for me. Are you glad that somebody prayed for you? Are you glad that somebody didn't give up on you and maybe you gave up on yourself? Are you glad to be part of a praying community where people still believe that prayer makes a difference are you glad that you aren't on this journey all by yourself are you glad that we have an intercessor or a high priest in Jesus who still calls our name before the father in heaven asking for blessing and power and peace Oh, Jesus prayed for me, had me on his mind, took the time to pray for me. I'm so glad he prayed. I'm so glad he prayed. I'm so glad he prayed for me. Oh, dear God, I call upon you right now in the strong name of Jesus. Please, teach us to pray. Give us a hunger and a thirst for your presence in prayer. Help us to model the the prayer life of Jesus. And as we pray for ourselves, and as we pray for other believers, May we also pray for those who have yet to come to the saving knowledge of you as Lord and Savior. God, in this moment, we pray for those who are coming to the waters of baptism in October. Speak your voice clear and clarion call that men and women, boys and girls may know that the waters are calling That in those waters, God, there is healing and hope. God, we thank you for baptism. We thank you, God, for what you are doing in our midst right now. And so, Lord, again, we invoke the strong name of Jesus because there's power, Lord, in that name. And we thank you today. Hallelujah. Amen.